back to the Pint of Politics podcast. This is episode number 64. Did you miss us? The answer was no, of course. Uh, it's been a few weeks, to be fair. And um, yeah, been busy with stuff. Uh, moving out, all that, all that jazz for me in the last week or so. Um, but I am joined once again by Liam. How you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. What about you? Yeah, man, I'm all good. I'm all good. Have you got Have you got a beverage today? Or is it just me? No, I've got a can of Jack Daniels and Coke mix, 5%. Nice. Nice. Right, well, I've got a fucking weird one here for you. Are you ready? So my uh, new housemate, he basically, he's gone gone gluten-free and um, he had a massive box of like freaky IPAs that he obviously now can't drink. He gave them to me. So I thought, right, and I'll save this one for the podcast because it's fucking weird, right? So it's this is it's called Belinda's Ruin, I think, and it's a gin and tonic IPA. So I've not seen, I've not tried it yet. I've just opened it. It's fizzing like a bastard. Look at that. And I've um, I'm gonna give it a sip. I'm feeling a bit wary about it. Not gonna lie, but we're gonna do a live taste test for you. So. Um, that's all right. It's fine. It does. There is a definitely a hint of like gin and tonic flavor in there. I don't think there's actual gin and tonic in it. I think it's just flavoring because it's only a 5%er. Yeah. Freaky, but actually not that bad. I was expecting it to be worse. So there you go. That's the beer of the week this week. It's got, a, it's got a cool can as well. It's got some nice can art on there. That's one thing you can say about IPAs is they always do have a pretty like funky pattern on it. Yeah. Um, a bit off topic, but whilst we're speaking about like other alcohol being in beer, have you ever tried a bottle of that Guinness West Indies Porter? Um, no, I haven't. You should give it a bash. The, basically, the way that it's made is you get like Guinness and put it in rum barrels, like old rum barrels that have obviously been used to make rum. Really? Believe it or not. Believe it or not. Um, and then they like brew the Guinness for a bit longer than that. And it, may, it takes up to like 6.8% and you can really taste the like sort of smoky rum taste in it. It's Ooh, pretty nice. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, know I, don't, I'm not, I don't really like rum though. So may, I don't know if I'll be I a fan. I think you'd like it. Judging by um, sort of some of the shit you drink on here, I think that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, think I do. I do drink some absolute pish on here. Look proper, mate. Honestly, you're only a few steps off a can of Carl in some weeks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you should give it a bash because I reckon you'd. Uh, I reckon you'd actually like it. I'll keep it in mind. I'll keep it in mind. Right. We're going to crack on then. We haven't spoke about anything for a few weeks. So, you know, those political itches needing scratched. Um, First things first, we're going to talk about are the uh, rail strikes that have been going on or were going on last week, should I say. Um, And obviously we had three days of strike action and it was all to do obviously with paying conditions and pensions, you know, the usual kind of stuff that we're used to hearing about now. Um, and we also saw, which we'll go on to as well, uh, quite impressive, uh, sort of rise to fame, if you like, from, um, Mick Lynch, the leader of the, uh, RMT, who I thought performed quite well in, in, in the sort of the media spotlight. But what, first, before we get onto that, what were your sort of thoughts, Liam, on like the strikes in general? Um, and do you sort of see it? a lot of people are sort of, uh, referring to it as a sort of wave is is potentially going to come over the country of, of more and more strike action. We've seen a lot of, you know, problems coming up recently, you know, 
you know, workers going on strike. You had university lecturers, for instance, I know quite a lot about that. And so how do you see this, you know, the, the individual strike as well, but also the, the whole, the strike in sort of the national context? I completely and 100% agree with it. Agree with striking. Ask a communist what he thinks about a strike. I wonder what answer we'll get. <laughs> I, obviously, I'm pretty sure you already knew what my answer was going to be. I completely agree with it. I did, yeah. It's, it, the, the whole thing is a piss take. Every, Boris John's coming out saying, oh, people shouldn't be asking for pay rises. Well, you lot got a fucking pay rise for a start. MP's got a pay rise. And... CEOs of companies, these billionaires are taking out massive dividend payments. They're all getting pay rises on top of that. Profit is soaring. Profit could not be higher at the moment. One thing that isn't soaring is people's wages. In a cost of living crisis like this, why not for fucking one time? Why do the billionaires not have to foot the bill? Why is it always the worker? Fuck your profits. Fuck them. Let's have a pay rise. So and people say, oh, yeah, but train drivers get paid 50-odd grand. First of all, yes, they do get paid that, but you don't know what you're fucking talking about because the strike isn't anything to do with, with drivers of trains. It's it's the, the workers who work for the company, not drivers. So you actually don't know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, but they get paid so much anyway. Well, yes, the drivers do, but it's not them striking, is it? So fucking wind your little neck in. Do you know what I mean? Like, whenever yeah, you get yeah, stuff yeah. like this, you always get the hardcore Tories who are just like, there's not enough money for me. There's not enough money. There's fucking plenty of money. Like, for me, like, yeah, but the phrase redistribution of wealth, people always associate that with, like, a communist saying that we need a redistribution of wealth from the top to the bottom. But there's been redistributions of wealth year on year for the past fucking 50 years from the bottom to the top. That's a redistribution of wealth. Look in the 50s, right? You could have one knobhead one bloke, right? He'd have a wife, two kids. The wife would stay at home. He'd go work 40 hours a week, buy a house and could feed the entire family of four from one person's wage. Now you have the mum and dad working. You'll have both kids working all pitching in for bills and you can't even afford to go on fucking holiday. So how how's that happened? That's happened because there's been a redistribution of wealth from the bottom to the top. So all this bullshit about, oh yeah, redistribution of wealth. You want to steal off the people at the top. They've been fucking stealing off us for 50 years, 60 years plus. They've been stealing off the working man and women now. It's 2022 know that they've been stealing off us for god knows how long it's about time there was a big change not just in this country but worldwide interesting thoughts yeah i think to be fair i think you get the nail on the head to be honest and you know it it, it does get you thinking and it's a thing that you've said to, to me before um obviously you know it's not obviously not your own direct quote or whatever but it's i think you said it on the podcast where you know you're, you're closer you're closer to the person you know on the street that you walk past every day, you know, on your way to work or whatever, the, the guy sitting there begging for change, you know, you're closer to that person than you are to any of these people who are like the, the elites and those at the very top um, from a, a financial perspective. And that's why it baffles me where, you know, people, you know, I understand, you know, strike action, especially in like a public sector, it, you know, it's inconvenient, obviously, but at the end of the day, that's it's supposed to be. It is, it is inconvenient. But yeah, if it wasn't inconvenient, there'd be no fucking point because exactly. then there wouldn't that's, be... That's another thing. That's another thing. Sorry to interrupt you. That's another no, thing on. pissing me off. Just the, the regular person who doesn't really understand what they're on about saying, oh, it's inconvenient. We're all in like we're all in this together at the moment because we're all skint. So because of these people now, someone who's on minimum wage now can't get to work. But that's exactly what the Tories want. They want working people to be pitched against each other because it takes away the whole point of why they're striking in the first place. The whole point of striking is because they want better pay for themselves. And if you have a problem with them doing that, if you have a problem with, oh, well, why are they getting more money when I'm not earning anything? Well, you should fucking strike as well. You do something about it. Don't blame the other people who are striking for better lives for themselves. You go and do something. 
join a union and strike. Like it's not their fault that you're getting paid minimum wage or you're not getting paid enough to feed your family. The reason you're not getting paid enough is because you haven't kicked off about it enough. And that is, that's, it's the be all and end all, to be honest with it. Like that, that's, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, I, no, yeah, I've seen, I've seen that make that, what you just said there. I've seen a tweet on um, something about like our average train, like railway worker salary is more than the average salary for the Navy. And someone put, I think someone just replied like, what a stupid fucking tweet. Like, it's not like a race to the bottom. Like you can want higher salary. If I don't understand why the sort of working person, especially would oppose strike action, because if, uh, you know, say the, the, you know, the, the railway workers going on strike and secure a pay rise, that can set a precedent for then you to go out, your workforce, your sector, you go on strike you get a pay rise and, and ultimately life's better for you. You know, yes, it's inconvenient for the country to, for a few days to have, you know, public sector workers on strike, like the railways, for instance. But ultimately, these are people who, are, who feel genuinely, and rightly so, in my opinion, that they deserve a pay rise in the conditions that we are currently facing. You know, inflation is rising absolutely, you know, astronomically, as, as we knew it would. Um, after COVID, you know, everything's getting more and more expensive, you know, bills, food, fuel, everything. We've spoken about it on the podcast numerous times and rightly so you should expect your, your wages, your salary to be going up in line with that cost of living. It isn't. So I don't see why there's so much, you know, animosity towards people who are going on strike. For the only reason I can think of is because it's inconvenient for people who need to use trains. But ultimately, that's not a valid reason when you pit it against people who feel that they genuinely are struggling to sustain themselves and their families and whoever else on the wages and on the salary they currently have. And it's like people are just happy with the pay cut because that's in effect what it is. If everything else is going up and your wage stays the same, then in effect, that is a pay cut on your wage. If, it might not be your boss coming down and saying to you, by the way, we're a bit tight, we're knocking two grand a year off your wage. But in effect, it's the sort of economic way of giving you a pay cut without anyone having to answer for it. Hmm. So if someone needs to answer for this, like say with profit soaring, some, there's no way that we can do this. How, like how far do you want it to go? Do you want to go to the point where you and your whole fucking street are going and chipping in for a loaf of bread? Or something. Like how mm. far do you want this to go before people are just going to go, enough yeah. is enough? If it yeah. wasn't inconvenient, it wouldn't be effective. It's supposed to show the importance of your job. So all the time, the Tories bang on about all oh, low-skilled work, low-skilled work, low-skilled work. Technically, people who work on the train, that these would be someone who's considered low-skilled by the Tories. But this is their way of showing how important they are to the country. Because the fact that it is so inconvenient that they are not at work can bring the country to a standstill. If they sh- decided to strike for a whole month, Imagine the disarray the country would be in. So all this beating down people who are on low-wage jobs is low-skilled. They're obviously not low-skilled if they can halt the entire country taking strikes. And that's why the government is so scared of unions, because class consciousness is at the forefront, the forefront of union leaders' minds. They want working-class people to, to... They want to empower you and show you how important your job role is, no matter how small it is in society. Each little cog joins together to make a big machine and what runs the country. And that is the labor force of the country. Do you know what I mean? Mm. This is why it's important. And you should never, ever for a single moment think that you are not worthy of a good enough wage to at least be able to support yourself, have a roof over your head, 
eat and feed your family. These are basic necessities of living. And if you working 40 hours a week doesn't, at the very minimum, guarantee that, then what is the fucking point? What is the point of any of us being here? There is no point to it, is there? Yeah. Like, at very minimum, you should feel like empowered enough to, yeah, feed yourself, feed your family and have a roof over your head. Make sure that your kids go to school with food in the belly. If 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 none of that, then what is the point? That's, yeah. that's basically my take on it. Yeah, exactly. And that's another interesting point that sort of come out of it is the fact that, um, you know, the, these people who are opposing the strikes, they're coming out and saying, well, you know, and the whole cost of living thing, it goes back to that. People saying, oh, well, you know, people uh, shouldn't be wasting money on like other things, you know, like enjoying life, basically, which is fucking ridiculous. Because if you can't spend money on leisure, you know, whether that's going to the pub on a weekend, whether that's going to football, whether it's going on a holiday, even then what is the point of living? It, these people have like some sort of like weird dystopia that they've been conditioned to like believe is okay, even though they don't live in it because they're like shockingly middle class. That the, in this world, people just go to work, feed their kids, you know, kids go to school, come back, eat dinner, wake up, go to work, blah, 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 blah. On and on and on. Weekends, they don't do anything because they can't afford to because fucking Sandra from Epsom in Surrey has told her that she shouldn't be wasting her money on enjoying life. So she just sits there twiddling her thumbs and watching a TV on a Saturday afternoon. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. These people who just, it, it's obviously it not the point where they say that that person doesn't even deserve a TV or flat screen TVs, mobile phones. It's those people who are like, Oh, we didn't have that back in our day. So why should we have it now? And it's like, well, no, that's not really how it works. You did different things for leisure in your day. And everything was cheaper in your day. That's the whole point. That's the, that's the reason why these people go on strike. Things were cheaper. Yes, the things that you enjoyed doing were probably different. And there is a lot more luxury items in the average household these days, or rather what would have been considered luxury items in like the 50s and 60s, like televisions. Televisions aren't a luxury item anymore, stuff like that. Like, you know, TV subscriptions, they're not a luxury item everyone just has them mobile phone subscriptions everyone has them if you don't have them then you're 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 considered you would be considered you know a bit uh, an anomaly so it's it, sort of going off topic really but and as well the point that you read about the um like the, it's an effective pay cut and it is and, it, and you sort of alluded to it a little bit i wonder how many of these people who say ah oh, well they should be they shouldn't be on strike you know they're not actually getting a pay cut you know they're, they're still on a good wage still on a good salary how many people, how many of those people would go if their boss, you know, called him in the office tomorrow morning, says, ah, oh, you're right. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm all good. Yeah. So um basically, uh, we're gonna we're gonna cut your pay by by a few grand every year. All right, why is that? Are you losing money? No, not really. Uh actually. Uh money's money's sort of actually fine. Uh, Boy, you know, it's, it's going up, great. it's going up in inflation, you know, if it's in line with inflation, our profits and, uh, yeah, we're all good. Um, we just thought, you know, we'd give you, give you a pay cut. How many people, how many people can honestly say that they, they're going to sit in there and accept that? No one, a load of bollocks. And so that is why that is the crux of these strikes is that these people rightly feel hard done by, and are making their voices heard. And the people who are criticising them, especially the, the working class people who are criticising them, I think are just people who are too fucking scared to go and make a, their voice heard themselves. Because I, for, for whatever reason, they probably not, they probably feel that they do deserve more money. If, if I offered them more money, if they were offered more money without having you know the struggle of strike action, 
they would probably say yes absolutely and and they'd probably say and if i asked do you deserve it they'd probably say yeah we do deserve it actually but they just can't be asked because I, for whatever reason they're too sycophantic i guess to like the the easier to those at the top yeah definitely and and it is what it is like if you don't want to strike that's fine if you don't if, if it's not for you it's not for you but i don't see how people wanting more money the working people wanting more money affects you it's it's such like it's such a like distraction tactic. You know what I mean? It's such a like, oh, look, it's the government going, oh, look at these fucking greedy, greedy rail workers. Look at them. Look at them. Disgusting. What, what are we doing? Oh, don't worry. Don't, look at these. Look, they're, they're the ones who are doing all the, all the bad stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Turn them against each other. And it is, it's, it's, you know, it's a bit of a, it's their government knows exactly what they're doing with it. They're trying to turn people on working people on each other. So like you said, that there's no strength of, of, you know, sort of class consciousness about, and, you know, it's working because people are too, for want of a better word, thick to see through the fact that they're all being played like mugs. I think in general, people are more in support of the strikes than not, though. The majority of people that I spoke to, especially our age, have been more in support of it. You yeah. only get a few people who are like, poor kids don't deserve PlayStation Xboxes. They deserve the fun stuff that we've had back in our day, like Ricketts. You know what I mean? You don't get many people... <laughs> You don't get- <laughs> I was wondering where you was going to go with that. I did not expect to hear Ricketts. <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah, there's not there's not many people that I've spoke to who are like that. You see the odd knob on Twitter, but that's about it. I mean, it's, mate, it's like a generation thing as well, isn't it, really? Like a lot of politics these days. I think age is one of the biggest divisive factors, and there's not really many people our age who I've spoken to as well who are opposed to it or, or upset by it or any of that. But um it's just the gammons, mate. Like yeah. the gammon is just they're, they're, did you see did you see did you see Piers Morgan get trying to like do like gotcha questions on Mick Lynch and he was just it was it was something like I don't know about this, I don't know about I think it's Thunderbirds or something, like a cartoon series. And Mick Lynch is like uh profile picture on facebook is one of the villains from that because his mate stroked oh. and they were like so why are you comparing yourself to the to a, a notorious super villain and mick lynch was like have you seriously brought me here to question me about this for two minutes and he, he was he was quite refreshing as well mick lynch he was that's that's a that's a sort of working man there who i mean obviously he earns quite a lot of money because but he is he's, he's not forgotten his working class roots and he, he's you know he's looking out for the, those people there uh who represents and that was really refreshing. See, someone like him, just no filter, just not taking any shit from these journalists. I thought it was it was quality. It was Piers Morgan. It was Kay Burley as well, who, who was um, just asking stupid fucking questions. But I've seen someone tweet as well. I think someone tweeted, if Mick Lynch was leader of the Labour Party, then they'd win, the, they'd win an election. <laughs> But honestly, it wouldn't maybe wouldn't be a bad shout. He so he he could appeal to the working man. He could appeal to. Um, I think you'd appeal. But I think he he's a bit. Dis, I think he's a bit disenfranchised with the whole Labour movement. But yeah, go on. He was a Brexiteer as well, wasn't he? So he'd appeal. He would appeal to like the that side of the uh, the working class argument. The thing is, with someone like that, he's just far too honest and too driven with it. Like politics corrupts, right? I mean, look at Keir Starmer. The, the fucking state of the man. Like this just shows that. The, the state of the times where the leader of the Labour Party is telling the MPs not to join picket lines. If Labour does not stand for the working man, then what is the fucking point? You just like Tories. I mean, they've already been accused of being like Tories anyway for pretty much his whole um, term as, as leader of the Labour Party. Mm. So for him to turn around and be like, we don't want people on picket lines, what, what is the point of you? What are you standing for? If you're not standing for the working man on the street, what are you? Like, what are you? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's no, it, it is, um, 
is interesting to see sort of Labour's response to this this strike action. And I, I think, yeah, as a lot of people feared, it was quite a diluted sort of response. I think Keir Starmer maybe could have benefited from him himself going on sort of the picket lines and, and you know, but that's obviously not his politics. You know, whatever. I don't, I don't think he should have, he should have sort of tried to dictate to Labour MPs how they should behave because that's neglecting the fact that there are a large amount of Labour MPs who are genuinely committed to socialist, traditional socialist principles. Um, yeah, that's what, exactly. that's what the roots of the party are. So what does he expect? Yeah, you can't, That's another thing that did made in the other day. I saw that there's 14 Tory MPs who are on about defecting to Labour. They're, they're, not, they're not socialists or they're not, they don't believe in what Labour should believe in. They're moving, they're jumping ship because they want to keep their seats. Mm. And if he, like, if that was me, I wouldn't even accept people like that because they're not going to change. If 14 of them are like, well, fucking hell, we better jump ship. That says more about what Labour about now being like the sort of centre-right party and that the current Tories are like fascists basically now. Mm. So I don't want, I don't want this country to end up like America where you basically just have a centre-right group or far-right fundamentalist Christian nut job because that's basically what it is in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah, yeah. like that, then we are just going to become America. And that, the thought of that's terrifying. Even the fact that this whole, uh, I know we're going to come onto this a bit more later, so I won't go into it too much. Even the fact that they're debating the whole abortion thing and there's, there's Tory MPs coming out in support of the overturning of it, that in itself is worrying. This mm. country, we're Europeans at the end of the day. I know some people are like, no, we are British, whatever. Like, fuck all that. We're European. We're more, we have more in line with Europe than we do with, with America. We mm. need to make sure that we don't lose that sort of advanced European mindset. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, but there we go. Strikes probably going to be more, I think, um, that that will will happen. And you know, maybe maybe Liam's envisioning that little revolution that he wants. Um, I can see your eyes lighting up. To be fair, mate. Um, what time are we on? Oh, we're on seven o'clock. So I was going to do tweet of the week, but I think we'll wait for our guest for House of Commoners to come on. Is he in the queue? I have no idea. I've sent him the email, but um, he's not. He's not in the waiting room. Um, no, I definitely emailed him. I think. I just texted him. Did he get the email? <laughs> Fingers crossed. Oh, hang on. He's in the waiting room. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Right. Let's admit him. Here we go. Connecting to audio. Can he hear us? Leon, can you Hello. hear us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you. How it you doing? It comes from Humberside. Leon River. Hey, hey, here he is, sports fans. Fuck off. <laughs> How you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, not bad, mate. You? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. This is your second time on the podcast, isn't it? I forgot you've been on before. Yeah, I was on a against arguing about the Royals with that guy, wasn't I? Yeah, was, that, was, that was probably one of my favourite episodes still today, I think, that, that Royal Family debate. I yeah, it was, it was quite funny. I thought it was good. Yeah, it was very good. Um, right. So, I mean, I'll get you to introduce yourself. This is the question that we ask everyone who's coming on this this particular feature. Uh, so, your name, obviously, Leon. Um, how old are you, Leon? 23. 23. And what team do you support? I'm an old fan. Unlucky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, how long? How long have you been a whole fan for? All your life since you were a kid? Oh. All my life, yeah. I mean, the, the best memory I've got is 2007-8 uh, season when we went up for the first time. Uh, like the my, my first big memory as a City fan is watching Dean Windass score the uh, the winning goal at, at Wembley. Um, nice. 
That's it. That, that, that's when I could say I was properly a, a whole fan the first time I became a whole fan. So we're going like 15, 16 years now. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, I was going to I was going to be my next question, to be fair. What are your best ever moments supporting Hollis? But I imagine it's, is it that? Yeah. Well, is, there's that. There's also beating Arsenal 2-1 uh, in the 2008 season with Giov- Giovanni's goal. Um, and there's also FA Cup final, like for the, the the first 20 minutes of that game when we was against Arsenal, we was up two 0 That was probably the best moment as a whole City fan. Yeah. Uh, and then when 20 minutes later, it was the worst moment as a whole City fan because we just uh, <laughs> <laughs> we just lost the FA Cup final. There we go. Swings and roundabouts in football, isn't it? And um, the other question we're asking people, uh, obviously, this House of Commoners, we're trying to gauge sort of which teams football fans has got the, the cleverest, but also the thickest fans. Um, so which teams would you like to challenge uh, in, in house commoners, which team do you reckon would, would have a stinker and have some proper thick fans? Ooh. Um, good question. Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday. I, know, I do know a couple of Sheffield Wednesday fans actually. And I think a couple of them are listeners. So maybe they'll yeah, hear well. this and, um, yeah, there you go. You've been directly yeah, challenged. Sheffield Wednesday fans listening, my mate Leon thinks you're a pair of thick fuckers to so get yourselves on and prove him wrong. <laughs> right. Are you familiar with a, with a format? We saw of, you of this, Leon. <laughs> Leon, are you familiar with a format of, of House of Commoners? I, I'm not. I haven't been listening to it. Sorry. Bottle job. Um, <laughs> nah, uh, it's so, so basically, I'm gonna, it's going to be 10 questions. Um, I'll give you a. 15 or so seconds to answer them basically if you take too long I'll, I'll skip I'll skip you on to the next one um, and yeah just basically Liam's going to be keeping score see what score you get I think the score to beat is 6 is it or 7 I don't even know 6 it was Daniel's bad one it yeah it was actually yeah um, so yeah 6 is a score to beat a few people are on 5 and someone's on 4 as well um, so yeah 10 questions and yeah see how many you get right basically oh. A bit of a mix. There's some politics ones and there's just a bit of like general shit as well. Right. Are we ready? Yeah, let's go. Nice one. Right. Question one. Who are the second largest party in the Welsh Assembly? Uh, Plaid Cymru. Wrong. It is the Conservatives, unfortunately. Ah, shit. Question two. Which Supreme Court case was repealed last week? Uh, Roe versus Wade. Correct. Question three. Who is the deputy leader of the Labour Party? Um, that is Jess. Uh, oh fuck! What's the last name? Um, uh, Jess Phillips. It's not. It's Angela Rayner. Oh, oh okay. Question four: uh, Who won the National League playoff final? Um, Stockport. It was Grimsby. Stockport did go up, but, but automatically, yeah. I think. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm having a shocker. Yeah. <laughs> there's still more. We're on question five. Question five, how often are US presidential elections held? Four years. Correct. What is the capital of Australia? Uh, that is Canberra. That is correct. Question seven, which brewery has the slogan, great beer that's great for the planet? Uh, Brewdog. It is Brewdog, correct. Question eight, which four-letter name is given to a member of the House of Lords? Cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's a peer it is a peer that's correct yeah Um, question nine Jeremy Corbyn went viral after accidentally high-fiving which part of Emily Thornberry Uh, that was a tit it was (laughs) 
<laughs> it was. And question 10. Calvin Phillips signed for which English club last week? Uh, Newcastle. It was oh, Man City. Fuck that up, mate. That was an easy one. Mate, you don't like you got one, two, three, four. You got six. If you'd have got that, you'd be ahead, you'd be winning. Oh, yeah. mate. Oh. But there you go. That does take you to joint top. Um, yeah. with Duncan, who's uh my girlfriend's dad, he's a Leicester fan. So we've got Leicester and Hull, top of the table. That's probably the only time you'll ever say that in <laughs> in any in any context. <laughs> hey, we hey, you're saying that, but we won the league last year. It was League One, but we still won. That is true. That is true. Um, yeah, that nice was, one. Even that or the nonce World Cup final. <laughs> now that's Rotherham. Um, yeah. <laughs> Rotherham against Plymouth. <laughs> Rotherham against Rochdale in El Nonceco. <laughs> um, right. Thank you very much, Leon, for coming on. Um, yeah, he's challenged Sheffield Wednesday fans, so get involved with you. Uh, if you're a Sheffield Wednesday fan. But yeah, cheers, Leon. Cheers for giving yeah, up the time. Cheers. See you later. Nice, nice you. one, mate. Have a good one. See you. Right. Nice one. Cool. So that was Leon. That was House of Commoners. Six out of ten. No one can break the six out of ten barrier. He, had, he started well shy. I thought he was going to pile it completely. I thought he was going to get like four. Um, I think I would have got, got all of them or at least nine of them. Yeah, well, we're just cleverer than the average person, aren't we, Liam? So we are. We go. Um, I'd have got them all, but that's because I wrote them. All um, <laughs> <laughs> the answers before you came on. <laughs> um, yeah, so House uh, Commoners, get involved if you want to come on. If you're a Chef Wednesday fan, or otherwise, get involved. Get involved in our DMs, um, Twitterers. If you know us personally, messages, whatever. Um, you know, like see ten minutes, decent laugh. Um, yeah, gets to tell your mum you've been on a podcast or whatever. Um, anyways, we're going to go on to what we missed. We were going to do Tweet of the Week before House of Commoners, but I'll do it now because we obviously didn't get a chance to. So, Tweet of the Week. Liam, have you got one for us? I do. It's actually an old tweet, but it's one of them that's come out on Out of Context Football. So, I'm pretty sure I've said this one on the podcast before, but I've seen it again. And it Go for it. How funny it was. So politics roll, remember that page? Oh, mate, don't get me started on them. So two siren emojis, and they put breaking. BBC journalist Tala Halawa has said that Hitler was right. So someone tweeted back saying, in what context? And the person replied saying, what context? Uh, what context would make what she said excusable? And the guy just replied saying, if Hitler said that Spurs were the smallest team in London. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing that the other day again. That's a classic. Um, my tweet of the week is um, the existence of Lawrence Fox is a fantastic reason to be pro-abortion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he had a mare this week with a particular tweet, but we'll go on to that later because it may or may not be the worst take of the week. Um, right, so we're going to... up brings us sort of nicely onto our next point, which is, of course, uh, the big news that's come out of America in the last week or so um, with the effective repealing of Roe versus Wade, which was a landmark court case, um, which was was passed sort of 50 years or so ago. Um, for those of you who maybe don't know, um, it was basically a case which permitted uh, women to have abortions, legal rights to have abortions in the US. Uh, obviously, before that, abortion still happened just not in a safe way Roe versus Wade basically allowed for clinics to be um to be set up and you know proper procedures to be put in place so that women can have safe abortions what the repealing of Roe versus Wade has 
done. Um, essentially, uh, a Supreme Court, uh, Supreme Court of consists of eight people, five of which voted to repeal Roe versus Wade. Therefore, meaning that uh, it doesn't it doesn't outlaw abortion, but it now gives power back to the states, individual states, um, to decide whether they allow abortion in their particular states. And there'll be a lot of states around, I think the, the number was around 24, 25, potentially, uh, who could who will start rolling back on abortion rights for women. Uh, a lot of them are going to be sort of the classic southern states, you know, Alabama, Alabama, Arkansas, you know, Texas, those sort of states. Yeah, think of the ones that were really racist for a long time, those ones. Um, and yeah. still are. And still, yeah, but yeah, it is. Right, so a, we need to we need to establish that that wasn't past tense. Yeah, uh, well, they were they were more racist, but it's still still quite. The only racist. time they were more racist were when they were physically killing Native Americans, but they still got the same mindset. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, going back to the point is, it's um a pretty obviously a pretty dark day in my opinion, and I think in a lot of the the liberal world's opinion, uh, for America. Liam, what are your sort of thoughts on? on this when this news sort of came out. To be honest, I even feel embarrassed to give my opinion on it because it should just be everyone's opinion that it, like men should not be making choices for women's bodies. Mm. Like, yeah. it's got fuck Common sense. It. It's got fuck up. Like the only argument I actually slightly, just, I'm just going to throw this out there just because it's more of a talking point. The only argument I actually slightly agree with is that, um, so say if a woman doesn't want a child, uh, but the man does, obviously it's the woman's choice to not have the kid. If she wants an abortion, fair enough. The man doesn't have the kid. On the flip side, say if the man wants a child, but the woman doesn't, the woman can start the abortion because obviously it's her who has to raise it. But if if he doesn't want the kid, but the woman does, the only argument I think that's actually quite a valid point, should he have to then pay for the child? If he doesn't want it, but she does, she can keep it because it's a choice to have the kid or not. It's her body, which is fair enough. But if it was the other way around and he wanted to keep it, but she didn't, she could just get rid of it anyway. So yeah. that's that's the only argument where I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that kind of makes sense a little bit. Where it's like, if, if he doesn't want it, he categorically says, I, I am not ready for a child. But she's like, well, fuck you, I'm having one anyway. Mm. Should he have to pay for it? But to yeah. be honest, I don't really want to make the argument about that because of how obviously awful this, this argument is. In general, it shouldn't even be an argument if a woman wants to have an abortion, even if it's for no reason at all, because I saw people say, oh, but what about if she was raped by her father? Or what about if she was raped in the middle of the night? But these are like really extreme cases. Yeah, yes, yeah. obviously it should be a given they shouldn't have to have a kid anyway, if that was the case. But even if like them just not wanting to have a kid should be a valid enough reason. Mm. Just being like, well, I'm not ready for a child. That That is a valid enough reason. It's your choice. It should be yeah. your choice. That, that should be enough of an argument to be like, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's that's bang on, really. And um, yeah, the the point on on sort of you know how much of a say men should have an abortion is ultimately, uh, like you said, the, the the men aren't the ones carrying the child, so they're not the ones who've got to you know suffer the the physical uh, and sort of emotional uh, consequences of having a child, carrying a child for nine months, having that child as much anyway as women, especially not on the physical side, um, emotionally and mentally, potentially, yes, obviously. Um, but I've yeah, sort of by the by, I guess, in in this sort of context, and um, it's, it's pretty, it's just pretty sickening really that, like you said, why, why should men have such a distinct say over what women decide to do with their bodies? You know, it's 2022. And this is a, something that's, been in place in America, like I said, for around the last 50 years. And 
we're, we're regressing, like rights are, are regressing in the in the US now. This is a country that's, that's supposed to be the land of the free. Uh, we all know that's bollocks anyway. Anyone who's studied even a little bit of history knows that's complete shite. But it's, you know, the self-proclaimed land of the free and, you know, the American dream and all that. Honestly, couldn't think of a bigger Western shithole than the US. Like, I would honestly... I, you would have to pay me a very, very high amount of money to go and live there permanently. And I'm not, I'm, that's the honest truth. Uh, obviously, they'll still be able to, people, women will still be able to get abortions in states that permit abortions. But the reality is that some states, even the extreme ones, might even outlaw traveling to another state for an abortion. That's the kind of thing we're looking at. That's the kind of fundamentalist, uh, extreme, sort of pro-life view that we're looking at here and it's it's absolutely mental and like you say again a lot of the extreme cases are often brought up like you said you know whatever what if it's incest what if it's rape what if it's rape and incest um which obviously do happen but like you say a, a woman should just be able to decide regardless of any extreme circumstances free from judgment and free from any sort of constraint or pressure or societal expectation what to do with their body. It's never, it's never a, a thought process for, for me. So I, it, say if I wanted to do so, it, you men, especially, we never think about this kind of thing because it's never something that we ever have to question, but it's quite sad now that there's going to, there's a, a millions and millions of women in America now who are going to have to seriously think through in detail the, the procedure of not even just potentially having a child, but, having sex even is going to be, it's going to be, you know what I mean? You're going to be thinking, fucking hell, I better start using a condom and stuff like this. And, and that's because the state is telling them what to do with their body. That is absolutely mental. There is absolutely no way that a state should have that much control over an individual's life and an individual's bodily autonomy. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. The thing that just makes me just, I say laugh, but I'm, I'm not laughing. It just makes me like me sort of laugh in disbelief. It's like a disbelief, yeah. In disbelief. It's that America, especially like the right wing media in America, like to sort of paint this picture of like Islam being this really oppressive religion that like dictates everything to the people. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. telling you, the fundamentalist right wing lunatic Christians in America are just as nuts as any of these, these extremist Islamic fucking radicalists, without a doubt. But the thing is, it's just more like it seems more accepted in America because I don't know, probably because of white, to be honest. But... It's the accepted belief as well, isn't it? It's this is yeah, the, you know, where, yeah. Yeah, like, it's completely, well, it's obviously not acceptable, but the fact that a law can be passed or a law can be sort of taken back like that based on religion, when it's quite clearly fundamentalist, extremist religion, like interpretation of religion, that this can be used to oppress millions of people. Because let's be honest, this is what's going to happen. It's going to be used to oppress millions of women. Um, in the fact that that's just like, oh, okay, whatever. If this yeah. was happening in like Iran, for example, people are like, oh, look, these lot are at it. This again. was happening in Iran, America would be fucking wading in there with guns and tanks <laughs> saying that they need democratization and yeah. to adopt American values. American values now are not that dissimilar from those which they claim they are seeking to rectify. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's mental. It's, 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 I, I can't get my head around it. And going back to the, the point on the actual issue itself, banning abortion 
and outlawing abortion is not going to stop abortions from happening. It's going to it's going to make them more dangerous. There will be backstreet abortions. There will be so many other unsafe procedures that will be performed in lieu of the proper procedure for abortions, a medical procedure that is safe. How pro-life are these people that they're willing to risk the lives of mothers who will still seek abortions? They seem to care an awful lot about babies and fetuses that are the size of fucking grains of rice, right? Barely life, right? But if it's a mother who's going to get an unsafe abortion as a direct result, of the, the policies which they have pursued and then die. How, how pro-life are they going to be then? It's it's completely ridiculous. It's such a backwards country as well. I got I there's more. I saw a thing that that women are more restricted than guns in the U in the US. And that sounds like a joke with a punchline at the end, but it's not. It's it's a fact. Guns are uh, have less restrictions on them than than women women are being told whether they can whether they can or cannot be forced to grow a child in their body and if and if you sympathize with that on any level if you sympathize with, with the pro-life point of view at any level i i don't care if you're religious i don't care if it's a religion thing then i and I, I think inherently you're you're not a nice person, and I don't often say that for a lot of political views. I, I you know I advocate for I spoke about this on the podcast before. I I advocate for political you know civ- civility in 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 political discourse and debate. I think it's so important, but there are some positions that I think are just fucking awful and inherently evil. And I think the pro life position is inherently evil. It, it's it's harks back to a time where women were oppressed and not empowered and didn't have the same levels of rights. And it, it, it sets a dangerous precedent in a country like America because there was already the, the, the justice, chief justice, his name is Clarence Roberts, in his notes also mentioned reconsidering laws around homosexuality, around LGBTQ plus rights, uh, around other sort of, you know, what we what were previously termed socially liberal aspects of life, which we now just call normal because they're accepted and they should be. And they're going to, it's, I, I just don't know, mate. It's, it's. I don't know what's next. With, with what, what are they going to do? What are they going to do next? It's, it, it's worrying. Yeah, it is worrying because what, like, it, what, what is next? What are they going to start rounding gays up and putting them in camps? Because we've fucking heard this before. We've seen this before. What, honestly, like, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. <laughs> it's dangerous. The thing is, you laugh, but it's not funny. It's like, you're laughing because of how absurd it is. Um, there's three points that I'm going to make. So anyway, um, the first the first one was a tweet from like a guy called Robert Reich, <laughs> not like that. Right. Um, <laughs> He's talking about he, Nazis, but yeah, go yeah, on. weird. Yeah, so he put forced country in a birth with no universal healthcare, no universal childcare, no paid family and medical leave, and one of the highest rates of maternal mor- morality immortality among rich nations. This isn't about life; it's about control. So the first point is. That's that's an excellent point. You don't even get any paid leave once you have a kid there. There's no there's no like in England mm. where you get like thirty what is it, thirty two weeks paid or whatever. There's none of that in America. So they only actually give a shit about that fetus until it's actually alive. As soon as it becomes alive, you can go and fuck yourself. We don't care. We don't care if you can't afford to feed it. Go and get a job. So the, the attitude yeah, yeah, towards yeah. people who have kids, or if that kid, for example, then became gay, it's like, well, now long we don't want to give a shit about it because now it's gay. <laughs> yeah. Or, 
if, if, um, oh, forget about the facts. What's so you're black? You're having a black kid, all right? Well, you can fuck off as well. So they only give a shit about yeah. it. It's literally not even real. And then as soon as it becomes anything that isn't straight white or male, it can go and fuck itself anyway. So why do you care that much about yeah. keeping it alive? Because you just hate everybody anyway. Yeah. So yeah. do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't make any sense. Like you only care about it when it isn't a person, and then when it is, you just want it to die anyway because it doesn't fit your ideals of of what you see as normal societal life so that's the first thing secondly it literally says in genesis which is the first book of the bible um that when a baby draws its first breath that is when life begins oh does it really yeah it literally says that in genesis and that's not only in the bible it says that in judaism as well which is like basically the predated version of the bible they don't even believe in the new testament so it Mm. says in both holy books that you're basing it on that probably america found it well it does run itself on that life begins at a baby's first breath anyway so they're just talking a lot of shit anyway they're just using it as that guy said before about control but this is by far the most shocking that the highest um, the highest maternal mortality rates in the whole of like the free world basically right in the us per 100,000 live births there's 23.8 deaths per 100,000 live births guess what the second the next one is after that what's what do you mean so there's 23.8 deaths per 100,000 live births in America, basically. The next one after that is 8.7, and that's in France. So that's how, that's the difference between it. Hmm. It goes from 8.7 to 23.8. After that, it goes from 8.7 to 8.6, which is Canada. Then it's 6.5, which is the UK, 4.8, which is Australia, et cetera, which are all sort of like quite low. So for a jump from 8.7 to 23.8, just shows how how fucked it is there anyway with, yeah with, um maternal mortality rates so this is, is just going to push it into it's it, it's just completely backwards it's going to push it into even more just absurd numbers it, it's just crazy the whole thing that this country like you said just prides itself on being the land of the free and not only that they pretty much dictate what goes on in the world because mm. of how much money they have and the influence that they have so these sort of this, this ideology that this country's promoting at the moment, we can't have this spread across the whole world. Fuck me. Someone just nuke them. Russia, for fuck's sake, right? You've got so much wrong this passion. Just nuke America, please. Just fucking nuke them. Like, let's just have it over and done with. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it, it is very scary. And it's nice, in a way, to talk about it from the outside looking in. I can't imagine how worried I'd be if I lived in America, even as a man, you know, because that is a thing that, you know, you think about that kind of thing in life. It's nice to have options. You know what I mean? It's nice to think, right, okay, if this happens, there's a plan B, right? If you're in America, you'd be shitting yourself. And I'm glad that I don't live in America. I can only thank my lucky stars, which is a mental statement to say, because the UK is corrupt as fuck. The political system and the government are a nightmare. I'm grateful that I live in the UK rather than, than America. America is making the UK and how it's run look very good. And that is really, really saying something about how bad it is over there. And you know, I can only, I can only, you can only sympathise with with people in the US. I, and I don't know what I'd be doing if I if I was someone who was in one of the states where it's going to be, you know, bound or whatever. But you know, it's I'd maybe move to another state. But it's easier said than done. And it's it's just it's awful. It is it is awful. You know, we sit here and joke about it because we can. Um, and you know, we're not even you know we're not even joking about, it, but we're saying you know a bunch of pricks and you know America's a horrible shithole, but. This is their reality for some people, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, I can't imagine that being your reality. It's, it's quite 
stark and quite horrible that you have to contend with with the prospect that the government now and what states individually rather state governments have jurisdiction over your body all because five people wanted that all because all because five people wanted it five supreme court justices decided yeah we're going to make this a thing and 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 now it's it's uh, across the whole country what a mental political system like it's just not it's it's unworkable i don't understand how it, how it how it how it functions and how it's justified it's it's i don't know is there anything more you can say about it really not really apart from yeah uh, I feel sorry for yeah anyone in America that's going to be stuck in one of these backward states. Let's hope that people from your more progressive states like your New Yorks, your um, not Los Angeles, California, um, like California's places like that, uh, yeah, manage to I don't know sort of try and override it. But just put them all. Just just do like a, a like a social liberalism apartheid. So just have all the freaks who actually want you know strict abortion laws and they want to go around shooting each other in schools and stuff like that. Let them all have their own sort of area. Put them in a bit of America, the South, probably, um, just because they were really, you know. Um, put them there. And then people in the North, who you know, more liberal and, you know, the sort of East Coast, Northeast and like the California as well. Put them all in one place and happy days. Have d- different laws for each of them, obviously. But yeah, yeah it's, you know, I, I don't understand it. I, I don't understand this. It's a scary level of intervening in other people's lives that i uh, on a on a per- deeply personal level which most western countries have abandoned in the in the 20th century um and rightly so and it's now coming back and i do worry about how it's going to go for america now with potentially because that's the problem with the supreme court it's now conservative it's it's mental that the supreme court is is politicized the the judicial body in the us is is political and yeah. um right. It defeats the whole object. So you worry about where it's going to go. Driven by religion. Religion and state should always be kept separately. It's one thing having your own beliefs. So I don't believe that I should sh- have an abortion or the people that I associate with, they don't believe that they should have abortions. That's fine. Don't have an abortion then. But as soon as it becomes, I don't believe that you should have an abortion, fuck off. Yeah, like, yeah that's what I mean. If you follow a holy book that tells you not to have abortions, you crack on, mate. You ha- do it till the cows come home. Believe what you want to believe. Don't do this. Don't do this. If you want to live your life by a set of rules, do it. But I'm not living a life by your set of rules because I don't believe your bullshit. But yeah. you know what I mean? I don't care yeah, about yeah. it. That's what I mean. It's, it, that's all people want. All people want is choice. And it's it's subjecting everyone to the same fate is is borderline tyrannical. Is, and all you all you want all pe- all these people on the on the pro choice side it's in the name they want choice they're not going to make you have an abortion if you don't want one uh, and likely and likewise they're not going to shame you for not aborting a child all they want is a choice to do it and and they should like everything else it should be a choice for for the individual person uh, you know make their own cost benefit analysis of each decision that they take as has been the case for you know that's the case for the last 50 years in America, you know, for, for women where they've been able to make all the decisions that they want to make for themselves uh, based on what benefits them. But now that's been taken away by the state and what a horrible thought that is and what a horrible place to live. In hindsight, Lincoln should have uh, won the war of, uh, what was it? The, uh, the, should have won the civil war 
and then just built a massive fuck off wall and been like, no, we win, but we're just telling you that you are no longer allowed anywhere north. You all yeah. have to stay there and you lot can do whatever the fuck you want. And anyone who decides not to be as backwards as you is allowed up north, but no one who's normal up here will ever step down there. Yeah. You lot can just do whatever. I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing. If Lincoln had a time machine, I'm sure he would. Uh, <laughs> if Lincoln had a time machine, I'm, I, maybe you'd have gone back to not getting assassinated, but <laughs> I don't know. It <laughs> would have done something different on that day, potentially. Um, but yeah, there we go. Uh, anything to add? I don't really think there's much much else to sort of add to that, really, is there? It's just... Just a disclaimer that I don't actually think that anyone should nuke America. That that would be highly uh, tyrannical. Uh, MI5 are watching this right now and just making notes. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, right, then we'll, we'll wrap up with the worst take of the week. And I alluded to it earlier, but the worst take of the week this week goes to Lawrence Fox. And it's not really, a, it's not really words. It's not really words. It's more of an image. You might have seen it. And I think we it's on our Twitter. I quote tweeted it. So you can have a little look. If it's not been removed by now, because it was fucking horrific. He's been, um, he's been banned from Twitter, so it's not on there anymore. Is he actually? Yeah, he got banned like within a few hours. Oh, brilliant. Um, so yeah, anyway, he basically edited the new Pride flag. Uh, you might have seen it. It has like a triangle in each corner, uh, a bit like the flag of like the Czech Republic or South Africa, where it has a little triangle coming out the corner. Um and then the, the rainbow colours. So Lawrence Fox basically, I don't think he actually edited it, but he tweeted it. Um, someone had edited the pride flag and put all the triangles in a formation that essentially made it look like a swastika. And he tweeted it with along the lines of uh, something ridiculous, like, oh, the, oh, I don't know, what was the tweet? I need to find it now. You won't be able to find it because it's off there. Yeah, but sometimes when tweets get removed, if you've quote tweeted them, you can still see them. Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, no, he just tweeted it with the hashtag new profile pic. That's it. It's still on there. It's not even been deleted. And neither of his Twitter is. He's still on Twitter as well. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. You can find his... Um... He must have been allowed back on then. He must have been, which is weird. You can um, <laughs> you can click on his, his profile, though. Um, yeah, just absolutely mental. He did try and sort of... Uh, he did sort of try and defend it as well afterwards and... You know, it's mad how he was he was going out with Billy Piper. I find it mad that he he his sort of career used to be like an actor, like a sort of humble actor, and now he just does. He's he's completely ruined his acting career. No one no one will pay him to act now. He just and, gives off pure like divorce divorced dad vibes. Oh, 100 percent. He tweets absolute bollocks like all the time, and comparing. <laughs> Comparing the pride movement to the Nazis is just absolute peak insanity. I've never seen anything like it. Honestly, he's 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 a he's a fascinating individual. Like, I find him interesting, but not in like a good not in a good way. In having, a sort of psychoanalysis way. Yeah, he's having like a midlife crisis, hundred percent. Unbelievable, honestly. But yeah, there you go. So the worst take of the week goes to Lawrence Fox this week. Ironically, friends with Sophie Coran, who's won our worst take of the week about four times. Um, end of the week, this week has to be Dominic Rab winking at Angela Rayner. Did he? Have you seen that? Oh, my voice went fucking out. Have you not he seen it? Her. Debate, did he? Like, she's been kicking off about it on Twitter saying that this just proves that misogyny is so right. Oh, fucking hell. something along the lines of, he's like, you say you stand up for the working man and he just gives her a wink like that and then carries on his, what he's saying. No Everyone's, way. I've not seen that on Twitter. Everyone's been kicking off about it, saying this is just proof that oh, they're just God. like all misogynists. I've, like, already, yeah, I've not already been on Twitter much today, to be fair. Maybe I, maybe I missed it, but yeah, bloody hell. 
So yeah, Lawrence, worst take of the week, Lawrence Fox. I think that's probably his first time that he's had it on, which is pretty impressive by his standards because he does tweet some absolute shit. Um, <laughs> right, I think we'll wrap it up there then. Um, Liam, how have you enjoyed your time? We might have to get in the market for a new fucking co-host at this rate. Mm, as well know. as, uh, no, not replacing you, obviously, Sam. We need but, a Tory um, though. We'll need a Tory then. Oh, mate, there are to come by people who want to be outspokenly Tory. Yeah, I mean, Sam's quite unique, isn't he? One way. <laughs> um, yeah, have you, have you enjoyed being back on the podcast? Yeah, it's been good. I have actually. I've missed it. I missed it the last couple of weeks, just having a little little rant about stuff. And uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it sorts you out for the rest of the week. Ther- like, therapeutic. Yeah, it is therapeutic, mate. I've not seen my therapist in at least two days. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Right. Lovely stuff. Thank you very much to everyone for listening get involved with our social media we are on twitter uh instagram some other stuff probably um but yeah thank you very much for listening take care of yourselves and we will speak to you again next week